Do you want to start a business to give your family more freedom? Do you desire to have a marriage that makes your friends jealous? Do you want to spend more quality time with your children? We are your hosts, Matt and Jocelyn Woodruff, and we cannot wait to share this journey with you. Welcome to our family-friendly podcast. Join our conversations where we talk about how to build a business that will give us the freedom we choose. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Welcome to the Family Life Movement Podcast. Today we are joined by Corey Chadwick. He is a super proud dad, husband, and founder of the Mental Gym at the Personal Greatness Project. He's passionate about helping good people be great and become deep down who they become who deep down they've always believed they could be, so they can live inspired, impactful lives and help make the world a better place. Corey believes that we each have huge amounts of untapped potential inside us, and we simply need the right tools, system, guidance, and community to realize it. And when those pieces come together, amazing things happen. Corey, man, welcome to the podcast. I can already tell this is going to be a fun one. Matt and Jocelyn, thanks for having me. This is great. Corey, can you tell us just a little bit about how you arrived to where you are today? I can tell you the little bit or I can tell you the story. I will let you decide. <laughs> um, I'll start with the, you know, kind of from the beginning, just being a kid growing up. Um, it started really early, this feeling like, uh, like you had all this potential and you had no idea what to do with it. You didn't know um, where to start. You didn't know what questions to ask. You didn't know who to ask them to. And school, I think, does a very good job of teaching you a very narrow definition of potential. But if you don't fit into that, or even if you do fit into that, it might not be it for you. Um, and the older I got and the more I kind of grew with this feeling, it, it just felt like something was off or something important was missing. Couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I felt, you know, again, there's this untapped potential. It feels like you're meant for more. And what does that mean for you? How do you figure out what that is? So that was something I was, I've been trying to figure out for, for so much of my life. Um, you want to be a part of something that matters, right? You want to matter. You want your life to be about something. You want to have an impact. You want to be a leader. And how do you do these things? How do you become that version of yourself that deep down you've always believed you could be? And this was kind of my, my, uh, my great quest of life. Um, went through some tough times growing up. Uh, I know a lot of us do. And, and, you know, mine were tough on me, but really had me forced me to kind of make a decision about who I wanted to be and what kind of life I wanted to live. Um, I had to really start rewiring my brain just to survive and um, to try to proactively beat mental illness. My, there's a history of mental illness in my family. Um, I lost my mother to suicide because of mental illness. And I was just a little kind of freaked out that, that it was coming for me too. Um, and so I said, how do I beat this thing? And I, I just got to work on, on rewiring my brain. Kind of, I didn't know that this was something that could be done. Um, 20 years ago, people weren't openly talking about mental illness. There certainly wasn't the kind of research available to us. But um, yeah, I just got to work. But what ended up happening was that survival mechanism really turned into kind of a thriving mechanism. Um, and bit by bit, the more I worked on it, the more I developed this, this system, really, um, the more these results just started pouring out. And I was happier and healthier. And I was performing at a higher level with way less effort and just so many things in my life um, were really taking off, uh, including the business I was in. I was in the restaurant and bar business. Um, 
things were really going quite well and I was building up a really nice business for myself, but something really struck me. Uh, I was about four years into that business and business was, was going really well and I wasn't excited and I didn't understand why. Um, I wasn't passionate about what I did. Um, the young me, the kind of teenage me was so kind of financially ambitious that I'd be this, you know, big, rich businessman kind of thing. And, and that drove me until I was more on that path and realizing that I was no happier because of it. Um, which really threw me for a loop because so much of what I learned growing up and was surrounded by and what so many of us are surrounded by is, you know, if you want to be happy, here are the boxes you need to check. And it's really not the case um, at all. But at the time, I didn't know that. I was just confused by it. Eventually made the decision to sell my business because I realized that there wasn't much purpose in it for me. And that's always been a hugely important thing. Um, I also realized I wasn't getting a chance to, to live to my potential. Um, I was reaching part of it, but there was a whole lot more to go and it was time to move on and, and just kind of find that version of me that I, again, I always believed I could be. And you know, these are just kind of some big themes in my life. This you get, you get tested a lot about, do you, there's something that, that I kind of live by and teach. And it's, it's kind of the mantra of the personal greatness project in the mental gym is we call living your 10. You're not here to live your seven. You're here to live your 10. So will you commit to that 10? But there are times where you're, you know, you're in a, a good business. What do you do about it? Or you're in a good relationship that's a seven or an eight, but is that what you want? Um, same thing for me. I was in a really good relationship with a wonderful woman or in, in my 30s. It just, it wasn't it, you know? And it's a tough thing to walk away from something when it's really good because what you want is great. But I just don't think you're ever going to live your 10 if you're not willing to bet on yourself and stick to it and, and make those decisions. So um, this really kind of led me to the work that I do now with the personal greatness project and the mental gym, because when my son was born, when my first son was born, I, I just, I think every parent, you guys, and, and every parent listening is going to relate to that feeling of responsibility that you feel just as a parent to raise a kid, to turn them into hopefully a wonderful human being and help them become who they want to be. I expected all of that. And I wanted to be a dad for my whole life. So that wasn't a big surprise to me. Um, but what did surprise me was this sense of kind of duty almost that I felt to try to make the world better for him. And I just, I felt this huge weight that, that this wasn't, it wasn't like my job alone, but it, I certainly had to, to play my part and to make my contribution. And I kept asking myself, what's going to make the world better? And I always knew the answer was the world becomes a better place when good people become great. There are lots of charities, there's lots of great causes and not-for-profits and, and they're all wonderful and they're all working on good things. But if we really want to move, want to move the needle in the world, good people need to become great. Um, we do have all this untapped potential. We are meant for more. We have that version of ourselves that we want to be. And the problem is we just don't know how to get from here to there. We want it. We know we have it in us, but no one ever taught us how to do that because you don't learn this stuff in school. You learn how to be mediocre in school. You never learn how to be great. You never learn how to be personally great too. So uh, I really got to work on the personal greatness project to start moving the needle. And then the mental gym has just been this, this wonderful ride so far. It's certainly in the early going, but um, think of it as going to the gym, but instead of working out your body, you're working out your mind and your potential to become that version of yourself that you've always wanted to be. So that's what, that's what's led me here and to, to having this conversation with you too. And uh, again, I'm excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Man, there's so much greatness in what you're saying, and I love this word potential, but when you talk to different groups of people, you, all, you, you always typically use that same word, but 
sometimes the definitions don't seem to match up. I would love to hear what your definition of potential and what your definition of untapped potential is. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I love that you're just mentioning that, that you hear all these different definitions of it. And I think that's a really important thing that there are different definitions of it. There's no one size fits all definition of potential, even though that's kind of what you learn in school, um, or at least a very narrow definition of it. Um, but potential really is personal. I mean, our work is called the Personal Greatness Project because greatness is personal. It's not a one size fits all thing. And we all, we all have our own definition of it. We all have that version of ourselves that we believe that we can be, which is going to be unique to every individual. So potential is a very personal thing, but it really is not just the ability to accomplish something, but it's to become that version of you, that person that you've deep down always believed you can be and want to be. That's when you're going to realize your potential. When you become who you want to be, what you want to achieve will really take care of itself. Um, quite frankly, I don't know why we do it the other way. I don't know why we put the what stuff ahead of the of who, because who drives the what. Um, and it also drives the what to substantially better results. So, um, But yeah, potential really is a personal thing. It's here's who I am today. Here's who I want to be in the future. How do I get from here to there? That's what potential is. How do I show up in my life, in my family, in work, um, really just in anything that's important to me? How do I show up day to day? Am I becoming that version of me that I can be? That I'm capable of being, or am I settling for something less kind of um, by default, I would say. So what are some things that hold people back from their potential from hitting that 10 that you were talking about earlier? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that hold us back. Uh, fear is a huge one, right? It's, it's especially when things are good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I'd say it's easier to look towards your 10 when you're at a two and you say that something's just not working and, and I need a big change. But what if you're at a seven? What if things are good? Mm -hmm. What if you're at an eight and things are good? That's, that's where I was. And that's when it's hard to make those decisions. So it's fear of giving up something that you know and something that you're comfortable with mm -hmm. to go after an unknown, to go after a maybe, quite frankly. Right, yeah. and, and you know that's a scary thing. And there's no guarantee that when you get there or that, sorry, if you leave what you have now that you will get there or that you will figure it out. Um, you know, one of the scariest things for me, and I remember this, leaving um, the, the relationship before I had uh, with my ex-girlfriend before I met my wife, Erica, I had waited a long time to meet somebody as amazing as her. And I have always been a very picky dater and had a super high standard and often criticized for that. Um, but I was, I was never going to settle. And when it was time for that relationship to end, Again, I was in my 30s. I just assumed that we would get married and have a family because that's the way it works. But I knew it wasn't it. She knew it wasn't it. Um, my concern was I'm letting this go and I'm never going to find what I'm looking for. I waited my whole life to meet her. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, I, does that mean I never get to be a dad, which is the most important thing to me in the world? Does that mean I never get to, to have a marriage and a, and a wonderful marriage and, and have a family and all these things? And this stuff really scared me. And I realized right then in that, you know, this, this has happened a number of times in a number of different situations, but using that example, I realized how easy it would be to settle because it was scary otherwise. Um, but I had made this commitment to myself earlier in life. I was 21. I had just lost my mom. And I, I, when I was kind of picking myself up off the ground and trying to figure out who I want to be, I made this commitment to myself that I was going to live my 10. And I think it was that commitment knowing that I can't go back on it. That's, that's helped me propel forward. But fear is certainly a huge one. Um, Self-doubt and, and really just a lack of 
self-esteem. And it doesn't mean that you don't believe in yourself and it doesn't mean that you don't have any confidence. It just means it's, it takes an, another level of confidence, another level of belief in yourself to know that you can really start climbing that ladder to who you want to be and become that version of yourself that you want to be. Um, I mean, we, every single one of us deals with that. Every, every single one of us doubts ourselves. Every single one of us worries about what other people think of us. And if we do things that are different, if we kind of rock the boat or try to pave our own road or carve our own path or however you want to say that, um, people are critical of that. And that's a scary thing too. So we care what people think. We doubt our own abilities. Um, we, we, we fear the unknown because we love comfort, which is just a very normal human thing. Um, I mean, there are just so many reasons why we don't go for it. We also don't have a roadmap. You know, there's nobody telling us how to get from here to there. We want it so badly, but to have to figure that out all for yourself is scary. It's intimidating. It can be lonely. It's, you know, there's a lot of reasons not to do it, but all of those reasons are why we do what we do, why the personal greatness project exists, why the mental gym exists. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're not alone and yeah, it might be scary, but it shouldn't be scary. It should be exciting. It should be empowering. It should be inspiring. So we got to get rid of all that stuff that gets in the way and just plow forward and be great. Yeah. The the self doubt and that fear is definitely, I think what would block me for sure. Um, you know, what if I'm out of seven and I make changes and I end up at a four, oh no, (laughs) like, or a two, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a fair question, but I think, and, and I guess from the outside, when you're just kind of hearing it for the first time, like live your 10 and giving up my seven, it can be a scary thing, but nobody's saying to, you know, go quit your job and leave your family and overhaul your life. In fact, so much of getting from seven to 10 is about little tweaks, making little adjustments here and there and keep making little adjustments and little tweaks. Mm-hmm. So there's really no risk of giving up your seven to go for anything and maybe you end up at a four it's just not going to happen yeah it's really not going to happen you might get to a point where you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're saying do i want to keep this job that i don't like or should i go do something else do you know do i want to stay in this relationship that really is a seven and and that's kind of where it's capped out at you're going to ask yourself those questions at some point the more you become aware of what you want and what you really care about but there's really no risk of of regressing on that scale you're you're just going to move up that's that's good that's reassuring so thank you yeah but again one of the things that i love about your story is that you're completely authentic you're true to yourself you're true to your calling you talked a second ago about you know you left a a a really good relationship and you Mm. ended up with this great relationship you ended up you know you left this good and and i love that you're transparent and saying you know what it was a good relationship there wasn't a lot of stuff wrong with it you know, we got along, stuff like that. It wasn't great. Right. And I love how you, uh, you're, you're authentic, you're true to that and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I left a good relationship, but I knew it could have been better. So let's talk a little bit more about that incredible family that you've got, your, sure. your awesome wife that you've got. You've got some awesome kids. So I, yeah, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about what makes this family great. Yeah. Oh, I, I could talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> I really, really love my family and I, I know we all love our families and, and I just, I don't know, there's this thing that you get to experience when you are a parent that I just really could have never imagined. I always knew I was going to love my kids. I had no idea what this love was going to feel like. It's like yeah. I'm learning how to love every day. 
on a whole new level, right? So um, that's incredible. That that last relationship before I met my wife, again, it was, you know, the good, not the great. Um, but what I really realized in that, and especially at the end of that relationship, we kind of had a, like a bit of a breakup interview, you know, like an exit interview, like you'd have when you leave a job. We left on very good terms. We both knew it was time to, to move on. And one of the things that, that she said to me was, you were a good boyfriend, but you weren't a great one. And this wasn't like a shot at me, right? It was just, she was just being honest with me. And it was amazing because it stung for sure, but I needed to hear it because I knew that to have the kind of marriage that I wanted to have, to attract the kind of woman that I wanted to be married to, I had a lot of growing to do. Yeah. And I had to get to work on myself. And it was about two years between that relationship and meeting my wife. But um, Erica is just such a phenomenal person. She is just, I, she's just wonderful. I mean, I could go through the kind of common checklist of, you know, smart and beautiful and, and talented. And she's, you know, she's just a wonderful person to be married to. I think that's huge. It's, it's marriage is not easy. Um, I come from a family of my, you know, my parents loved each other and they were good people and they were smart people, but they were together apart, together apart, together apart. Marriage is not an, not an easy thing. And that's why I think it's so easy to kind of settle in your marriage for not great. Um, but when I think of the things that are going to shape your life the most and have the biggest impact on your life, I think your marriage is a pretty important one of those. It's, you know, a great marriage is going to have an amazing impact on your life and a crappy marriage is going to have a big impact on your life too. So I think being really intentional about choosing that partner is, is so huge. And Erica's just, um, you know, she's such a wonderful mom. Like one of my favorite things to do is just to sit there and watch her be a mom, watch her hang out yeah. with the kids and read to them and, and teach them something um, that, that, you know, my boys are one and three, they're young and, and, you know, learning the world for the first time. And I think we, both of us together, and this is really one of my favorite things is that we know that being parents, just like marriage is hard. In fact, being a parent's probably the hardest job in the world and you want to be great at it and that takes work. And so pretty much every day we talk parenting and we talk marriage and we keep working on it. We keep helping each other, giving different perspectives, but because we do this and because we've been doing it for so long, um, we just, we know we're in it together. We're on, we have the same parenting philosophy and we make our decisions together. And we're just always on the same page. Do we disagree? Yeah, but it's, it's even rare. Uh, um, and, and I just love doing this with her. I love going through life with her. I love growing our family with her and growing everything that we're growing together. Just knowing that we're by each other's side. Um, and we're so proud of each other as people and as parents and as partners. And, and yeah, I, you know, she's just such a wonderful person to be married to. And my boys are just, I don't know what to say about my boys. They're just the best. Uh, they're such sweet, hilarious, smart, wonderful little boys. Um, getting to watch them together, the, how much they just adore each other more than I thought possible between two people is one of the, the really great joys of my life right now. And um, I'm super grateful for all of it. Man, I absolutely love that, man. I, I, I'm right there on the same page. My wife makes up for my shortcomings. Like <laughs> my, you know, it, it, it's, it's great to have somebody with you that you love to come home and see them with your children. That oh yeah it's incredible to be married to somebody that you look forward to the time when you get to spend together 
when you look forward to the time that they get to spend with their children because their children's faces light off like there's no tomorrow. It's, it's Christmas every day when, when Jocelyn walks into the door from working a hard day at work mm. and my kid's face lights up. And there, there's, there's no better feeling than this. That's wonderful. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I, I'm right there with you, my friend. So tell us a story about a time that you felt like you were being a, a bad husband or maybe you fell short, you struggled or something like that. But things turned around and you learned something from it. You got a lesson on how to make your marriage better, right? You don't get knocked back, you knock down struggles and stuff like that without coming back bigger and better and be wanting to be a better husband. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Movement Podcast. I hope you had as much fun as we did. To hear our thoughts on the podcast and to continue this conversation, join our free Facebook group by searching for the Family Life Movement. See the show notes for links to our guest social media and websites and any resources that were mentioned will also be linked in the show notes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please go rate and review and send us a screenshot and we will send you a special access gift. Join us next time for more conversations, tips, and tricks on growing your business around your family. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.